Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. It is the Blunt Force Gamers coming to you live from Paris, France. No, we're not, because France is on fire. <laughs> and secondarily, where's the travel budget? Exactly, we have no budget. <laughs> not this year. It is I, your host, Game Goblin. Alongside me are... Kazarkan, the Lord Dragon. And... Darth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side. And we called the Ghostbusters, and they were too hot to handle, too cold to hold, and out of control. But this week, I believe we are speaking about something that's, uh... A little more down to earth. You want to lead us off on this one, Kaz? It was your idea. It was. Well, I brought up the idea that we discuss where is the line between a familiar, a pet, and an animal companion, and why, and how they how they affect like both gaming as the as the game master story, as well as the party. Of course, the furry comes up with this. (laughs) TLDR version of this. It's all on where the rules are at and where the GM states the rules are at. Because it's the same thing as, oh, well, I don't care if Dragonborn don't have tails. It's part of my aesthetic, so my Dragonborn's going to have a tail. You got to draw the line somewhere. And it's a thing of, well, eventually they're going to try and abuse and abuse that. So a familiar, if your class or special whatever thing says you get a familiar and it's usually connected to your magic or your... Oh, it's just my energy, I vibe with it. Then that's what you get, but if the rules state you don't get a familiar, then that's a pet, and you've got to have training points put into it. There's all kinds of other, um... Because if they get hurt, they're more likely to distrust you or the party. So there's a bunch of rules, but more in how we play it really comes down to what the setting is. If it's a super serious, like, fucking dark horror game. I doubt anyone's going to be running around with, oh, this is my support animal. It's a teacup chihuahua in a little bag. I highly doubt we're going to be doing that. But if this is a comedy game, then sure, dude, run around with your pet ducks or quacks a lot. (laughs) But, you know, when it comes down to the stats of these creatures, we have to refer to the beast here. And sometimes making equivalences. Like, yes, there are camels and llamas and my sister wanted... A llama mancer. I didn't have the llama in the book, so I had to take a camel and convert it. But that was a familiar stated by the rules. Right. And then a pet or a fucking... And there's a difference between pets and battle mounts. You know, you got a battle-trained fucking ostrich you ride in the battle? It's fucking badass, but there's a different rule set that it's not your pet. Right. This is why pet... Animal Companion, which also has its own set of rules, mm-hmm. and Familiar are three separate things. They impact things very differently on how the world reacts to it. The you treat the guard dog differently than you do the house dog. A lot differently. And beyond that, it comes down to more of a thing of not just how you treat them, but how other places will treat them. Think about in real life. How many people can you name off the top of your head that have had an animal and just get the uh, support dog thing off Amazon made in China? Fake is all hell. 
and they just expect to be able to walk around the fucking Walmart carrying around their emotional support lizard. Well, it's kind of like also uh, messing around with anybody's uh, dog. eye dog? Well, yeah, with their um, service dogs, like a seeing eye dog or even like a police dog. You treat them way differently, and they're like, when you walk up to the animal, like, even the owner will be like, don't do that, or don't do that, because, you know, it messes with the dog's training. Oh, and then, if they're a familiar, especially if you're a druid, that creature has more of its own personality, because it's willingly chosen to be with you, unlike a pet, which usually you purchase. It's just like if we go into some deeper things on individual creatures from the fantasy setting... A fairy dragon is going to be very, very different from a pseudo-dragon. Very much so. Because a pseudo-dragon loves pranks and stuff, but fairy dragons have the magic to back it up. <laughs> and guess which one of them is the worst asshole? Worst enemy asshole. Depends on which side of it you're on. But I feel like the gobbo old man wishes to enter the rants. No, I, I don't want to because... Right now, you have the animal page open with a bunch of animals on it. There's actually one particular animal that I have been pissed off about for years and years and years and... All right, let me scroll down to the W's. Years. No, no, we're not going down to the W's. It would actually okay. be in the M's, and it's not listed. You can go all the way. Yeah, you're going to scroll down. I'm scrolling. You're not going to find it. And my anger from this, for you listeners, stems from... Indiana Jones, of all things. This is like the one that I watched and I was like, yeah, that would be cool as fuck. And then, of course, I get into role-playing and I'm like, every time I play a character, I'm like, yeah, this would be cool as fuck. And I open up the book and like when Pathfinder first came out, I'm like, they better have it. D&D didn't have it. This is the better version of D&D 3.5. No, they didn't have it. 3.5 didn't have it. 3.75 didn't have it. The knockoffs, their rules are kind of eh at best, if they even do remember to have it, because usually they go for the really crazy wild things. But just one fucking time, I want to play a druid who's got a sense of humor with a capuchin monkey. Mm. <laughs> they don't have monkeys listed. Why do they not? I think for a familiar, a monkey would be great to have, like, plus one dex to the uh, person, who's the wizard who's got the monkey. You know, or uh, plus five to stealth checks. You know, some crazy-ass thing. But no, they don't have monkeys specifically listed in the D20, PFSRD, or inside any of the books. <laughs> it's labeled under primate. But, okay, you listed it under primate. You have the animals open. Now scroll down. Scroll down. Oh, yeah, look at that. Back. No stats for wizards to have them as a familiar. Exactly. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, wait. Oh, Master of a Monkey Familiar gets plus three acrobatics. Oh, great. Which this was probably in a later edition or a single... I bet well, you scroll this from Inner Sea Scroll. Scroll to the bottom. It's, it's got a... Oh, well, it should have a place where it says it's been published. That's what I was scrolling down for earlier. And they don't. They don't. Okay, so we have monkeys on the D20 PFSRD, and we don't know where it comes from. Any monkeys? Any monkeys? Okay, great. So, but you had the long list right there. We got lizard, lizard, mokule, momrath, octopi. Oh, it's under primates. Primate monkey. They even have mandrels. Ooh, mandrels. mandrels. Uh, monkey swamp, swamp monkey. Okay, there we go. Swarm, I got monkey swarm. Monkey swarm. All right. Let's see. So this comes out of Bestiary Two. Oh, that comes out of Bestiary Two. So yeah, they finally list monkeys. Okay, so you know what? Um, I'm going to shut up now. It's your show. 
<laughs> well, no, I, I wanted to see if they actually had it, and if it was one of those things, like we've run into on the podcast before, where we're complaining about something, and it turns out it was in fucking Just book three of fucking Kingmaker and the Magic Zanzibar. <laughs> you know, where it's some bullshit book you have to reference and try to get your GM to let it in. Or if it was third party, third party shenanigans. Well, you know what? Next time you run a game, I'm gonna have to roll the character now. It has a monkey familiar. <laughs> now that I know where to find it, it's gonna be a swarm. But, but no, they don't have it. Uh, uh, stats for familiar for a monkey swarm. But so what you're saying a... is, I need to let you play a level seven, and all of your followers are gonna be monkeys. No, because if I'm level seven, you know what I'm gonna play. If I have a, <laughs> a swarm of anything. Mm. I'm bringing out the lowly mancer. <laughs> so at this point, my party has not shown up to play in three months. All right, so... Um, so, yeah, I mean, monkeys are a good way to go, because think about it. You do it in a pirate adventure, fucking... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was big, which is where I figured they would have monkeys from some fucking inner sea scrolls bullshit. Monkeys are awesome because you have a little thief with you, basically. Oh, yeah. So, you don't even need a rogue in your party. You're, you got a monkey. You just, like, go up the fucking curtains, go over through the window, grab the keys, come back, Mr. Monkey, and if it's a familiar, it's smarter than your average uh, And being able to scry through their eyes with most builds. And you can scry through their eyes and all that shit. But, but here is the big win. This the super win, other than the fact that you know somebody might poison the figs and your monkey will die, just like in Indiana Jones. You have an extra attack per turn that nobody can see coming until you pull it off. <laughs> you put you put the monkey on your shoulder. Okay, you got two hands for casting spells, or two can't hands if you wanted to like cast a spell with one and shoot a crossbow with the other. You know, dual wield that Skyrim shit going on. Right. And then you activate monkey. <laughs> so your enemy stands there and he's got his armor on and you're like monkey aim for the eyes you know hit the visor the monkey shits flings poo <laughs> you have a poo flinging attack no other enemy gives you a it's poo a familiar fling. right if you have a familiar you tell you give it the ability to cast heat metal <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I, 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 monkey he, cook Heat metal. Okay, so the monkey's now going to shit steel shavings and fling heated poo. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just have to think about monkeys. They're awesome. They're horrible, <laughs> malicious little bastards. And look they at eat it. people's faces. They're well, evil. chimpanzees, but yeah. Yeah, they're evil. Oh, speaking of chimpanzees, real life uh, thingamabobber. Uh, this is completely unrelated to gaming, but could be GM fuel... If you mm -hmm. want to go that route uh, for you guys or any of the listeners. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Apparently, in real life, because we all know now that monkeys are, and chimpanzees and bonobos do go to war with one another. They do draw battle lines. They do have their own borders that they patrol. Apparently, here recently, some chimpanzees went to war against a tribe of apes. Great apes? Yes, apes, gorilla or not apes, gorillas. Okay. Sorry, My they all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to see them through the mist. <laughs> Are they gorillas in the mist or apes in the mist? I don't know. <laughs> oh shit! But the point is, the fact, the matter, that if this news is actually 100% legitimate and credible, 
That is a holy fuck, they're evolving thing. Now that they're going to war with another primate that they normally don't go to war with, that's some freaky shit. Like, can you imagine doing that in a game? <laughs> you, you know, you have one species of animals start attacking another species. That would be one hell of a mystery. Like, is it two rival factions of druids using animals to fight each other in, like, a proxy war of nature? Or is it some, you know, shapeshifters, you know, just totally going for the superior form to fight with? I mean, even think about it. You can go for something as iconic as um, owls of whatever the fuck it was. And you have two different species of birds going to war. A murder of crows takes on a whole new meaning. Oh, yeah. Well, there's actually a really good post about that. Uh, speaking of animals and stuff, it's right on topic. A real life uh, story. A guy went to McDonald's just right across the street from his work. And on one side of the street was a bunch of crows. And in the McDonald's parking lot was another group of crows. So he would make sure to go in the McDonald's and order an extra uh, bucket of fries, basically. Mm -hmm. He'd walk outside the McDonald's, go across the street to where he worked, and he'd be mean as fuck to the, the crows around McDonald's. But once he got back to work, he would take the extra bucket of fries he got and just feed the crows on his side of the street. Ha! <laughs> ha! Right? And he did this for months. Like two or three months, he would just be really kind to the crows around his workplace but a complete dick to the crows around the McDonald's. And eventually, one day, the crows had had enough. Uh, so when he comes walking out of McDonald's, the crows around the McDonald's uh, just accost him and try to steal his food and attack him. The crows across the street see this shit happening <laughs> and attack the crows attacking him. <laughs> <laughs> so this shit can happen in nature, apparently. And crows are also, like, crazy smart anyway. Yeah, they can remember... Well, you can teach a crow to find loose change and bring it for breadcrumbs. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So I remember reading a story about this. I don't know if it's accurate or not. I don't know if it actually happened. But apparently, uh, one family was really, really nice and just kept feeding the local crows. So they would all sort of conglomerate around their house or when they're walking or whatever, right? Periodically after a while, they they would start returning with offerings of their own volition, completely on their own. It's like, hey, this, per this person gives me nice things. I want to do something nice for them back somehow. They went on a trip, like a boating trip, dropped a uh, photography lens in the water and the crows by the time they got home the crows had returned it <laughs> yeah crows are wicked smart crows yeah. are wicked smart animals are wicked smart that you know this goes into our topic today because animals are not completely all just dumb yeah unless they're lizards uh, just saying in my homeland we have blue-tailed lizards. I'm not going to get into specific genera, but they are super base brain. Lizards don't have to be smart. They just have to be dangerous. And multiply. And multiply. This is why, you know, there's certain places like Galapagos Island. You just... No. No. It's basically fucking Monster Island just with smaller Godzillas. No. They have yet to develop poison, but give them time. Yeah. Or you have the, the, the monitor lizards who don't shit. So all of that toxin and bacteria and crap winds up in their mouth, so when they bite you, you might as well just die anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So one thing, since we're talking about animals, I want to talk about something where I listened to a wonderful story 
about what is probably the largest Nile crocodile in existence, and because it lives in a war zone, it has plenty to feed on now. Oh no. A crocodile. And they have pictures of this guy, and they tried to catch it in like 2010, 2012, somewhere in there. But then the country destabilized. And now they're at war, and so is the neighboring country, also at war. And this giant Nile crocodile was four times larger than the, the average. Jesus. I'm sure you've heard of this crocodile there, guys. So it has 88 hit points? <laughs> Basically. Hey, we're, look, I, got, I got it pulled up here, but to think about having like a... Like, say you're doing a swamp campaign, right? Whole thing takes place in a super big swamp. You have almost no ability to really transport or move because it's hard to get through a swamp. We all know this. Oh yeah. Even by boat, like, and you don't. There's no winning. Swamp folk, I tip my hat to them. Mm. Those guys, man, they live in that shit and dealing with the creatures and the bugs and the terrain. The fact that they can do it and love it, more power to them. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a little badass. It, I won't do. Imagine mm. having a Nile crocodile familiar. A being so perfectly evolved for their slot in life, they have barely changed in the last, what, 80 million years? Something like that. Yeah. They're like one of the last remaining living versions of a dinosaur we have. Mm-hmm. They outlived the dinosaurs. They outlived the dinosaurs. Yep. But, like, imagine having one of those, especially with intelligence. You know, because watch, we scroll down here, we can see... Intelligence of one on this stat for a base crocodile. For a base crocodile, for base animal intelligence, part of the Pathfinder system. Animal intelligence, which it recognizes food and danger. And, now, and, and mates. Oh yeah, and mates. Th those th those three are kind of the basics of animals. Kind of. Now imagine you give this creature intelligence. It get up to let's see four easily yeah. and on the start. Well, depending on how you went about it. So, an intelligent four crocodile would now be able to recognize simple commands, would be able to understand friend from foe, and graduate from Oregon. <laughs> and California. <laughs> I just had to do that. <laughs> but yeah. It's a crocodile. I need to do math. Just, just give him his diploma. <laughs> right? Right. But anyways, now, so, now this crocodile, which is already a fearsome motherfucker, mm -hmm. like, one crocodile is a CR2. Just for perspective, the monkey was CR1 fourth. And in theory, monkeys are smarter. Well, base level. Well, the problem with the, the monkeys, though, is crocodiles come in basically three versions. You know, different families, shall we say. You have crocodiles... You have alligators, and you have the... Caimans. Caimans with the, their weird fucking snoots. Okay? <laughs> like, the snoot throws me off, but... It's super thin. It's super thin. Oh, On the other hand, monkeys, you have those little Mexican uh, skull face monkeys. Yeah. They're adorable as shit. They're about the size of a squirrel. But they can rip your nuts off. They can rip your nuts off. On the other hand, you also have the Japanese monkeys that sit around in hot springs waters, which are a lot bigger. And then you have, like, mandrels and baboons and other monkeys that are, like, these fucking fangs and shit. Monkeys come in, like, 500 flavors. Yep. 
So they generalize monkeys under a CR one fourth when there's actually monkeys out there. And true story, do not try to put a USMC t-shirt on a monkey. Simplify, but don't do it. <laughs> well, trank them first. No, you heard about that story, right? Yeah, yeah. they didn't trank him. Yeah, they didn't trank the monkey. They just decided to put a t-shirt on the monkey. And monkey got... did not agree. Monkey did not agree. Monkeys can be super fucking dangerous. I mean, there was like that lady who got her face eaten off. But again, a crocodile is a CR2. Makes a lot more sense because a monkey, even a big monkey, a good swat on the noggin and it's out. You, know, you hit that fucker hard enough. If you get a good swing, it's down. A crocodile, you need to hit it with a fucking I-beam. <laughs> Just rip an I-beam off the nearest building and hit it and hope you hurt it. Maybe multiple times. Maybe multiple times. What they also leave out on crocodiles, too, is they can climb. Yes. Thank so you, Florida, for scaring me even further. <laughs> but, like, so we, we've brought this up a little bit about, like animal intelligence and animal training in game, but we haven't actually touched on it. Okay, touch an animal. Ah, yeah, no. Not not one that's not going to... He's not at convention right now. I'm just trying to beat the furry. <laughs> He's right, I'm not at convention right now. Okay. <laughs> Joking aside, there are rules for training animals, and I believe they're under Animal Companion? On the PFSRD? Yes, they are. Uh, under Animal Companions are the rules for trading animals and what level you need to be to teach them what tricks and all that. And animal training also falls under uh, familiars to a degree. To a degree, but a degree. familiars have their own sort of parallel rules. Yeah, familiars have... A, each one of the three has their own rules. Like, the easiest, of course, is your standard animal. There's pretty much no rules, except for the base animal stuff and templates if you want to add. If you want an animal companion... Then there's training rules on it. The same goes with mounts, uh, because mounts need to be trained, and there's also like training roles that need to be made. And of course, familiars have their own uh, separate uh, rules listing, but there is some training stuff in there. Yeah. Because being intelligent means, you know, it's a bit easier to figure out how to open a jar of pickles. <laughs> Holy shit! Hmm. You can have a chicken familiar! Yes, you can. And it would get you three hit points. You know what? I remember seeing it now. No! Like, oh my god! Here you go, monkey familiar, right there. Can I make a bard whose perform is cooking and have a chicken familiar? <laughs> he fights with 13 herbs and spices? <laughs> He's a former military man, he was dismissed as colonel. And, oh, oh, and instead of like, create water, can I have like, create lemonade? <laughs> Holy fuck, that's awesome! Look, right there, you have a monkey. Familiar. It's out of uh, PZ01110. Which book is well, that? I have PZ1100. Oh, that's what a core book you can get a monkey. What the shit? <laughs> what the shit? I, there's a core book right next to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hand me the core book. We're looking this shit up. We're, we're looking this shit up because I'm about to eat my feet. <laughs> what page? It doesn't, it doesn't say. say. It doesn't say. Go right. to familiars. So we'll continue, you guys continue on. I'm going to be looking up something. So the idea behind a familiar, for those who aren't familiar, and I don't know why you wouldn't be at this point with how much you've listened to us, a familiar is a, an extension of a spellcaster, sometimes with 
their bond gives some kind of benefit both ways. You can also think of it as uh, embodiment of spirit animal for some classes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so a familiar is very much integral to some of those classes and how they deal with certain situations. Like a monkey familiar would be a great example because it can, you know, it can go find things. It's smart enough to do that with little to no trouble and bring them back. And it has the graspers to do it. Oh yeah, I found it. <laughs> Ooh, first time I've gotten to watch Goblin eat shoes. I'm eating my feet. It's on page 82, paragraph 6. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> For years he's been angry and unable to do something that was in the rules. In the core rulebook, no less. <laughs> By when was that, circa 2009 it was printed? Shut up. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and why is it your boa listed as a familiar? I don't know. What? It's right now on Cockapole. Let's just click on it and find out. Jerboa, though, is prehistoric. Well, remember they got into that thing of putting dinosaurs in here. Oh, yeah. It's the and, land of the lost. And then they went into the whole thing of, well, they should all be feathered dinosaurs because science, huh, science just came out recently and said, no, T-Rexes do not have feathers. They might have had feathery down as, you know, when they were pups or whatever you want to call them, children dinos. But as they grew, it was less and less likely for them to have feathers because feathers weren't also fully evolved then. It took birds a long time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So, a familiar gives, like, a wizard, most commonly. There are plenty of exceptions that say otherwise and other ways to get one. I'm just gonna throw that out there, but wizard is the common example. Um, and they give a benefit, and it's some passive benefit, typically, that just sort of grows as they do. Yeah, like a monkey gives the uh, wizard a plus three acrobatics. I hate monkeys now. <laughs> <laughs> but... This also means, like, they're an extension of yourself. They're an extension of your magical energies. They are also a liability. If your familiar dies, you're going to suck for a while. You're not going to be happy about yeah, it. Yeah, immediately lose half your hit points. Yeah. And make a saving throw. Exactly. Like, it's part of your spirit in a separate body. So familiars have a rather razor-edged, double-edged sword. Like, on the one hand, they're really fucking useful, but if they get targeted, they are spudged, and you're fucked. Yeah, it's one reason I don't play wizards. Because, one, sorcerers are superior, and number two, actually, the uh, familiar, as useful as it is, it is a huge liability from the amount of downsides you get if that familiar gets hit with a area of effect trap. Or anything else. Anything else. Because they don't typically have the hit point pools to survive things that adventurers do. Hey, there's a picture of a crocodile eating a hand. And eating a hippo. And eating a hippo. But how's this? That is a... Its head is as big as the man standing next to it. And that's just its jawline. Jesus, fuck, that thing's massive. And that's not the one they caught. Nope. Ugh. 
spook. Well, but like, it's it's easily getting up ten feet into the water because it's reaching what would be looks like the top of that boat. Yeah, and that boat's probably like eight, nine feet tall from the level of the water up. Yeah. So crocodiles are, but you think about just having an animal companion that can do that, though. I mean, watch. Let's look over here. Something t absolutely terrifying to have, especially if you can have it as a familiar. Snapping turtle. Think about it. Oh God, no, no. Oh God, no. Oh. You can. It gives you, you a plus two bonus to fortitude saves. Yeah, you got turtle, and then you got snapping turtles, and I know snapping turtles. Uh, I know them real well, <laughs> better than monkeys, because I used to live in snapping turtle country. <laughs> Watched a video recently. These ladies stopped on the side of the road in like fucking Louisiana or something. They're like, "Oh, we found this turtle on the road." You can see it's a snapping turtle. They're giving it water out of a uh, water bottle. It gets tired of waiting for them to give it water snaps at the bottle and snaps the complete head like this is one of those um smart water bottles you know yeah. where it's a little bit thicker plastic shears it right off yeah Just clean oh yeah and then it fucking yeah. threw up the plastic it's like i don't need this part give me the water yeah yeah they're evil little shits <laughs> yeah little i'm not There's sure little guys should not be out there skinny dipping no, mm. no you like oh uh, when I was uh, living out there, we were told to avoid water, swimming holes, and shit like that, for good reason. But there were some spots where we would go swimming, like some of us uh, local kids and stuff. And the first thing we would always do on the shoreline is do a check for turtles. Mm -hmm. Turtles and snakes, number one. And we were more worried about the turtles because the snakes made noise, or you know they were easier to spot, like a copperhead. It's kind of easy to, to spot a copperhead, you know, it's golden color. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's it. It's a little bit easier but to a spot. a snapping turtle is basically a fucking ghillie-suited sniper. It is. It's, a, it's, it's basically in a ghillie suit. So when you're looking for a snapping, you basically just hit shit with a stick. And if the shit moves, you know there's a turtle there. Yeah, <laughs> so not we, be there. Yeah, we would do a turtle check, definitely. Yeah, if you think fucking uh, mantis shrimp are cool for creating light when they snap, snapping turtles are pretty fucking deadly. Yeah, they, they create girly screams from the strongest of men. Yep. Take off a toe, take out a finger, Basically, take a chunk of meat out of it. They, they will get their pound of flesh. They will get their pound of flesh. They'll just straight up melon ball whatever the fuck gets in the mouth. They'll take your nipple right off and the titty with it. So, I mean, we're looking at all this stuff, and you can have, you know, raptors, a mole, pigs, owls, otters... Ravenous tumbleweed. That shit like that. But if we go to animal companions... Alright, animal companions it is. We end up with this giant chart of rules about what you need. It's it's a little bit daunting when you look at it at first. Yeah, but the first it, time, it, definitely. It, it kind oh, of breaks down and then down there's a, a list of feats your yeah. animal companion can take and you need to take. Right. Bonus so, tricks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many things you got to worry about with them. And we haven't even got to the list of animals you can have. Which is also rather substantial. Yeah, like, it's, it's a whole table. There we go. Animal choices. You can have an Allosaurus, a giant ant, an ape, baboon, badger, dire bat, a bear, bird, general bird, boars, uh, cat big, cat small, camel, 
um, giant crab, dog, dolphin, that would suck. Um, devil monkey. Devil monkey, yeah, Colin, devil monkey, yeah. Giant frog, you can have a gar, Jesus Christ, that's scary. A gar? A gar, G-A-R. A hippopotamus. <laughs> Holy shit, you can have a hyena? Yeah. So you can have your own vice president. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. No, I are to. savage today. No, it, does, it never owns slaves. Oh, any uh, waves? Um, yeah, fucking kangaroo, a llama. <laughs> now, one of the things that we do not uh, did not say we should have pointed out immediately is yes, there are a lot of daunting rules, and you can have a wide variety of animals as your companion. However, one of the rules they don't show right off the bat is you have to have a specific level for some of these animals. Like monkey level one, sure. Most druids uh, who get an animal companion, of course, take tried and true the trip monster. A wolf, because one number one, guys take the wolf because it has the free trip attack, and trip is a godly useful, supremely useful, especially at early levels. And then you know there's the other genders that take wolf because oh it's a cute puppy. No, those motherfuckers are big. No, they always take them as puppies, basically. Like, oh, it's nature's puppy, and I'm just like shut the fuck up, but. My favorite, uh, apparently, because and you have to wait till you're level seven is to get a tiger. Yeah. Pounce rate claw claw. Motherfucker down. And an attack machine. Shredding. Until you face ethereals. Until you face ethereals, a tiger is just waffle stomping things. Four hundred pounds of power. <laughs> With yeah. teeth and claws and a pounce attack, and they just go crazy. But you do need to meet the specific level requirements. So, like a Spinosaurus. They have that bastard listed there. Those fuckers are huge. It is not a medium-sized creature. <laughs> for sure. This uh, moose is not a medium-sized like creature. Like if you're doing a, a um, prehistoric no. game or you're doing dinosaur lands kind of adventures, at level 7 you can get a raptor. But like an Allosaurus I believe is level 15 or so. Because they're bigger and they have more hit points and more better attacks. So if you are planning on having a specific theme for your druid or your um, animal companion your, wielding dude. Your animal companion wielding dude, whether they're a samurai or a paladin, maybe even a witch if you want to go that route. Yeah, witches. Uh, I'm, actually looking, instead. Uh, I'm actually looking at an inquisitor that has one. Yeah, uh... If you're going for a specific theme, just keep in mind that the animal you want, if it's a really cool animal with lots of neat attacks, you're going to have to work your way up to it. You're not going to start out with an Allosaurus. You're going to have to start off with a Dimorphodon. I'm sorry. But you have to have the training dinosaur before you get to the real dinosaur. Right? Yeah. Tyrannosaurus medium. My fat ass. It's like 20 feet long. That is not a medium creature. That's, that's starting on huge. Well, yeah. Well, there's also like differences, like um, like the tiger you get, because uh, in real life tigers are actually really fucking big. Duh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like uh, what, ten feet long? Something like that. They're 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 big as fuck. Um, like horses. They do change some of the numerical values for game balancing reasons. Like your tiger is not going to be full power tiger as a wild tiger. Uh, depending on how you roll your dice and your build and all that shit. 
Right. Uh, it's like when you first get your new animal companion. Starting off, it's going to be kind of a stale, hand-me-down version of the wild one in a lot of ways. Yeah. But the fact that you get to have absolute control over it, and you can speak to it anytime, and you don't have to teach it tricks, is a hell of a trade-off. And some of them will actually get benefits from being partnered to you. Yeah. Uh, like extra natural armor, so they're harder to actually damage than their wild counterparts. Well, it, it was like, um, let's say for example, uh, you know, your, your typical uh, first level druid is going to take a wolf. Wolves are pack creatures, so I can only imagine when the druid walks away and leaves the wolf behind at the end, the wolf, just like any other wild animal, is going to have separation anxiety because it's a pack animal, but you as a druid can be like, hey, shut up, and it will fucking listen and not make everybody go crazy. <clears throat> you can tell a tiger, which is a cat, and we all know cats are assholes. <laughs> you can tell the tiger not to knock the halfling off the table. Don't do it. Don't yes. knock the halfling off the table, you know, because, you know, tigers are cats and they like knocking shit off corners. Well, the tiger will listen. You can tell it to guard the door. The tiger will guard the door instead of just look at you and be like, okay, whatever, fucker, and leave. <laughs> yeah. So it is a trade off to have a slightly weaker thing, but be able to tell it, hey, our strategy, do this thing, do this thing and it will do it. More often than not. I mean, some depending on the complexity, it might have trouble understanding what you mean, but... Well, I'm, I'm saying for basic commands. Yeah, basic commands. I'm not commands. saying, you know, write a, a literary classic. <laughs> it's not going to start reciting Shakespeare in perfect Latin. Yeah, yeah, I give my jellyfish a copy of Shakespeare's Hamlet and ask him to do his own rendition of it? No, that ain't happening. <laughs> well, Plus, that's a hard enough thing for people with an IQ of, tw of like, 110. Well, and then Much less an animal with an IQ of 40. And then we get into everyone's favorite thing to hate, having a pet in a game. It's not a familiar, it's not an animal companion. I have a pet. Saying you want a kitten in your loot is very different than I want my teacup chihuahua. Ho, 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 hold up. Number one, yes, I did blow up my dog. It was a tactically viable situation and it saved the rest of the party's life. And yes, I was pissed about blowing up my dog. But having a pet can be useful. Now, if they're going, I want to support Chihuahua, fuck those people. Yeah. If I want to goldfish in a bowl to be sitting on my shoulder while I'm going through a dungeon, hell no. Nah. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, no. you, can, you can cast the fucking thing to make it glow, and it's a glowfish. Ooh, my goldfish glows. I can still get away with owning a pet monkey in game. It's just I'm going to have to invest training points in it into it to keep the monkey from shitting on the other party members. Mm. Or eating my face when I sleep. Or jumping into the only female character's breasts every day. Oh yeah, something. Or just running away. As animals are wont to do, especially in weird environments. Yeah, right? and it's really like taking the lesser and worse option when if you just dip your toe into another class or take a special feat you could have them as a better version that you can actually do all the control shit you want to do. Because think about it. Most people we know in real life with that emotional support animal that isn't trained, doesn't have any of the certification, they just want to have a stuffed doll that breathes and shits. Can attest. Yeah. Can attest. Yep. I live with one. That's the thing. You have people who don't want to take care of any of the responsibility and they don't want to deal with that mountain of rules we just looked at for either familiar or animal companion. 
So they just tell you it's a pet, but then it comes down to, I want to cast through my uh, support monitor lizard like he does. Then is it a familiar? Exactly. Is it your familiar? No. Do you have a familiar ability? Or is it like a druid link? Which would also apply, because they did have rules for that that animal companion. Because that companion. Exactly. But if it's a pet, it's very different. So people get really intimidated by looking at those rules. That's one of the reasons why I usually don't go towards the animal companion familiar route. I go for anything else. Well, when you were talking about uh, medieval times, and most of Pathfinder and Dungeons and Dragons and shit... were not okay animals fell into two categories they were useful labor mm-hmm. animals you know like cows helping you plow the the farm kind of stuff or oxen or oxen uh horse sheep, dogs. horses sheep dogs you know animals were utilitarian or they were status and that's how you had like guys doing falconeering yeah so if somebody buys a falcon in game and says yeah well i'm now the lord of the land and i want to show off my wealth with riding through town i buy a fucking trained falcon and go use it to help me go hunt that is totally fine. Well within lore. Oh, yeah. Easy. But that's the thing is it's a train. It's not, oh, we're out in the forest and I'm going to find a fucking, I don't know, meerkat and train that. You get a lot of fuzziness and it goes bad. Even if you're going more like uh, for a, uh, like a, I want to say Far East feel kind of game, mm-hmm. even if you encounter somebody with a pet, you know, they got like a couple of tigers on either side of their thrones. They're showing off status. That's it. Yeah. You know, they're just... And the fringe benefit that they're dangerous is just gravy. Yeah, the fringe benefit that they're dangerous is just like, I am such a powerful lord that I can own these two animals that will eat people at my command. (coughs) Bullshit. But they still have them. So that's just like, holy fuck, this guy, you know... I don't want to fuck with this guy. He's got the manpower to send people out to capture these things and the cojones to have them chained up next to his chair in the throne room. This is not a dude to fuck with. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely a status point. Yeah, animals in a medieval setting and like in D and D, definitely they're either utilitarian or status. They're not support. Yeah, if you have a support animal, you just have something else that you're feeding. Mm-hmm. It depends on if the if you're stuck having stuck in a saddle because your legs are busted. Then you could make an argument for a support Well, horse. then that's obviously a support but, animal because it's keeping your crippled ass off the ground. Exactly. And even then, just like in real life, there's special training that you have to get that, like, difference between having a regular pony and a war-trained pony. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's it's within the rules, and I don't care about your aesthetics. There is a difference per the rules, which we just want to keep everything fair. Right. That's why your dragonborn can't have a tail because eventually you're going to want to use it to do tricks or balance or, yeah. or anything. Tail slap. If you want to say it's a prosthetic tail and it magically looks alive, cool. You still can't use it because it's a prosthetic tail, and you don't have micro servos to do it with unless you make it a magic item for a fake tail. And if you want to invest that much gold and that much time and that much resources into it. Be my guest. Yeah, I'm just guessing that Dragonborn player never got a little tail outside a game. <laughs> More than likely. More than likely. Or they did, and that's why the family dog bites them now. Ooh. Whoa. That sounds really naughty. <laughs> yes, that was a double entendre. <laughs> oh, yes. So, I mean, that, that's definitely some of the fun part when it comes down to the minutia in a game is depending on how much effort you as a GM or a player wish to put in, 
you can make a lot of these details and small out of the way rules work for you yeah it's how you go about doing it and like from the GM side right we've looked at it from the player's lens but we haven't looked at it through the GM side the malicious GMs hey there's another target now mm-hmm. one that's less capable of defending itself he 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 more AOE attacks coming up more AOE attacks um you want to have a really badass falcon guess what now the enemy has one too and now they falcon can... battle yeah now you can have your pokemon battle no. on side the enemy has an eagle ah the falcon hunter so when your falcon goes into the air you suddenly see like the clouds turn red white and blue and you hear this thunderous sound of freedom and you're like shit it's that guy again he's going to liberate the fuck out of us <laughs> Or better yet, the enemy has an owl, and all of a sudden you hear a bunch of rich Hollywood types chanting in Latin. Or an owl, and you know, you hear, how many licks does it get to the center of the druid? (laughs) (laughs) Enlarged creature. Oh, yes. One, two, crunch, three. That also does bring up, like, mounts. Most classes that have a mount are using animal companion rules. Yeah, and then you've got everyone else who also wants a mount because they don't want to get left behind. Or the smart people are like, let's just get a wagon and we can then tie it to your mount. And those are fine and valid options. Wagons are really good at carrying things. That's what they're meant for. I want to play a, a fucking... Okay, now, now give me an idea. I want to play, like, a goblin character who has a mount that isn't a goblin dog with a permanent fly spell put on it and breathe without air but reversed so breathe without water and I want a goblin on a flying shark Ah! all of the teeth just charging in the battle all of the teeth Teeth first (laughs) that's great just like I have news about your car insurance plan. You know, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna do that for um, the goblin game you were running. Oh, god damn it! Fiberglass cleaner. I thought it was a bubble thingy. Oh. <laughs> um, I was gonna do that for the goblin game. I, I had a giant weasel that I was gonna use as a combat mount because I can get away with it. It's not a dog. It's not a goblin dog. It's a weasel, and the motherfucker is vicious. With, you know, and then we got rolled down a hill. <laughs> and that, that campaign ended in its first session. Well, yeah, that's because somebody <laughs> decided to push another character down into a caldera. I had no god doubt. I helped! It was like two football fields length, and I was calculating damage. I'm like, yeah, there's just a, a pile of red paste and body parts that hit the bottom. <laughs> It was a pretty horrendous way to go. It's like we a were 40, all laughing. <laughs> it's like a 45 degree angle for two football fields down from the top of the caldera to the bottom, where it started to level out. And one goblin was like, "I help you," and he just pushes the one right in front, and that goblin just goes tumbling head first. <laughs> 600 feet rolling across rough terrain. 600 meters. No, because he said two football fields that'd be 200 meters. Oh yeah, 200 meters. Yeah, so yeah. 600 feet. Yeah, 600 feet. That's a lot. And, of course, you cap it, you know, 20... D6. Uh, yeah, you cap it, like, 20 D6 of damage. Which, as Regar- a first-level goblin... Yeah, you're paced. <laughs> yeah, so basically there's paste and body parts that just tumbled to a stop at the bottom. 
the worst part of this? She was our healer that went tumbling. Yeah, it was the healer. Face first down, a, basically a sheer cliff of shale. <laughs> it was the funniest and most traumatizing character death I have ever seen. And it was hilarious. <laughs> Never doubt the power of character stupidity. Uh, oh. uh, another fun one is not only to be enlarge something or take it out of its natural environment, but to be able to shrink. Think about how badass it would be, especially on like a bird of prey or something. To shrink down and be able to ride that thing around. Or oh, yeah. even like, we're talking dinosaurs. You get on the back of a fucking uh, Archaeopteryx, right? The thing's basically the halfway point between a dino and a chicken. You're just riding that thing around as you're like, I shrink myself. Or, hey, how about I'm a pixie? As we've seen before, <laughs> I just no, no. If I'm going to go that route, I'm going to go. I'm sorry. I'm going to go enlarge mm. and put a box jellyfish on a stick. <laughs> My animal companion will just wiggle its little tendrils around while I swing it in the air and hope that I hit the enemy and watch them scream in terror. See, at that point, I would want to be a gnome, you know, and build a, a hot air balloon and just. Have its tentacles floating. Or, or if I could bullshit the GM hard enough, and it would take a lot of bullshit. It would take a lot of bullshit points a to pull whole it off. Bag of burritos. But you know, like, <laughs> go with like a druid, so you get the animal companion or a wizard, so you get the familiar, and then cross that with enough rope to get to assassin, so I have immunity to poison, and wear the box jellyfish as a hat. Go ahead, grapple me. Do it. Really, I would end up going with um, the there's plenty of other purple ways to get ringed that. octopus. Yeah, I'm not just saying though. It would take a lot of bullshit points, especially since you're basically wearing the poison barbs on your head. But you I've don't ever. But you never poison yourself, dude. I'm sorry, but putting a box jellyfish on your head. <laughs> you gotta be a special brand of stupid or brave to do that. <laughs> a special brand of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Or play a monk. I put box jellyfish on my fists. Oh my god. <laughs> no, no, you wrap your hands with its tendrils. Yeah, my hands are wrapped with like, they're fist wraps of box jellyfish and you hear your animal companion, oh god, not again! <laughs> First punch. Yeah, they got him with the barbs, but now my jellyfish is just jelly, no fish. <laughs> it's just jelly. <laughs> That's why I put a ring of regeneration on it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But wait, we've had this argument. You have to program it with what the ring the box jellyfish is supposed to look like. That's why you have to you have to do this in an order. You just have to make sure you put the ring on it while it's healthy, and then go to town mm -hmm. because then it has something to work from. Oh my god, that'd be so awesome! Oh my god! <laughs> no, I, 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 if I was playing a polymorph wizard, I would specifically catch. Things like those are kind of octopi, or even better, box jellyfish. You're really fixated, aren't you? Oh, I, I dude, they're scary. <laughs> but I would polymorph them into busty, beautiful women, and then send them after the enemy. <laughs> and then when the enemy, you know, who's like, you know, getting frisky with like the box jellyfish women thing, you know, the basically the fembots starts getting frisky with them, I'll just cancel the polymorph spell. Wait, even better, even better, plant druid. Suicide Bush. Oh God, the Mansion Eagle. Oh no, the oh the Bush. Yeah, the one where it, it basically creates its own fiberglass. Yeah, needles. yeah, the one with the glass needles. The one that causes horses to go running off of cliffs to end their suffering. Yes. Oh, 
<laughs> well, I can tell we're all going to hell. No, I'm just thinking that's a great prank. Modify the entangle spell. <sighs> or actually just use that as the reagent for your entangle spell. Or you cross that with Dayern's instant fortress. Oh, so that's my God. Outer hull of your fortress. <laughs> so anybody who comes knocking on the door, no solicitors. Well, you meant it. <laughs> they knock on your wooden door and then run off a cliff screaming. Oh, wait. I, I create genetic, uh, magically modified assassin vines. <laughs> All right, we're getting tangential, and I think we're on time, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. We're, we're near the end of time, yeah, so... Yeah, we're, we're getting up there. Right, we didn't even get into having different types of, you know... Because animal companions are great, but then when you get into the other types, where you get into the magical companions or plant companions... Either. Which takes specialized feats to get in some yeah. cases. So if I you want an infernal companion or a celestial fae... or dead. Or, yeah, even Undead or Aberration Companions, because you can get, like, a little floating eyeball to follow you around. With wings. With wings. I see you, Lopan. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, there, there's so many other things we can get to, but thinking about what you can do with them is another great thing. Casting through your familiar is great, but then they become a target for the enemy. You're going to get it once. That's the thing. Like, anytime you cast through an enemy, or through it through your familiar or animal companion. Whoever witnessed it better not live or be in your party. When there's people who do that shit, every game table that I've been at, it reacts the exact same way. The guy goes, yeah, I cast burning hands through my animal companion or whatever spell they want to do, like shocking grasp. Something where it won't kill them. Yeah, some, well, no, because the animal has to, it's a touch range usually that uh, goes to the animal Well, companion. it won't kill the animal. But, you know, they'll send the uh, animal companion running forward, and then there's, like, four or five other players at the table who all look at, who all look at the wizard like, so, uh, this is your first time playing a caster, huh? Yep. And they look at him like they're fucking dumb. Like, first time? <laughs> <laughs> Especially when people are like, oh, well, all I have to do is a small ritual to get my familiar back if they die. And it's like, mm, you get negative points, though. It, it takes a lot out of you, and it's expensive as fuck, especially early levels. And it's no good as a desperation maneuver. Half the party's down, I send in my familiar. Well, that means about three-fourths of the party might be down here soon, too. Because you lose your familiar, and, like, you get raked over the coals. It's like, it's like someone hitting you in the kidney over and over again. It's bad. With a crocodile. <laughs> Eating a hippo. Yes. The crocodile eating a hippo. But no, it it's one of those things where a lot of people like, I could get like the whole, well, I have a bird in the air. We're in a dungeon. These are 10 foot ceilings. That's within range of their reach weapons. They have a bird on a shish kebab stick. <laughs> yes, you do. Alright, and unless you deliberately make your familiar something really, really innocuous. And it's possible. It's possible. It's just not necessarily great. You can use them for reconnaissance. Woo! Woo! A little bit, yeah. It, you know, pretended you're like the fucking beast master for like one scene. Yeah, right. At that point, become a summoner. I mean, you're summoning... Remember, if you're a summoner, you're summoning real animals that will obey you until they disappear or die, and they die for real. 
You're not summoning the essence of snakes. You're summoning a real snake out of nature. And honestly, if you want to go summon a route, um, just play a cleric with the animal subdomain. And yeah, like, you can build a summoner out of a cleric that will smoke a wizard any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> It's like your summons last twice as fucking long, you can summon doubles twice as many things, but they get bonus hit points and shit. Like summoners as far as clerks go can get gross. Especially if it's your preferred god's you know, sacred animal. Yeah. And you're oh. like, I summon the uh, fucking mongoose of Neophotep. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be badass. It's gonna have like fucking Flames, a racing stripe. <laughs> it's gonna show up and give you a bottle of Jack Daniels. It's badass. It's gonna have like patches all over its fur, you know, <laughs> who's sponsoring it for the race. Oh, dude. <laughs> it can be pretty badass. Like, You're, you you, know, you summon your animal, the fucking pit crew comes up, shines the hooves and horns real quick. <laughs> you know, and then vanishes. Then, you know, gets it right on the fucking race course for, you know, combat. That thing is ready to go the moment it shows up. Yep. <clears throat> If you win the battle while it's still there, you get a fucking trophy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, if, if you look into doing things and you try and keep it within certain veins, you can totally stack up the benefits. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I remember at one point, I think, Goblin, you were the one running this game. Maybe. Uh, I created an oracle whose whole shtick was, I'm going to use a first aid kit like a fucking god. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So in the middle of combat, I can go, oh yeah, I'm just gonna tap my two allies with my first aid kit and fix them up for 1d6 at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically it was a walking uh, goddamn stim pack. <laughs> like the fighter's playing Doom and he's the guy running over there like, I got the fucking red cross on, I'm the fucking stim pack. <laughs> Not that he could communicate for a damn, because that was the choice I made, but... That's a yeah, you were, you were basically a walking video game stem pack. Yeah, yeah. He was, was playing a droid. <laughs> it was pretty ridiculous. But yeah, no, those are some of the fun things you can do. And really when it comes down to it, think outside the box and put in the extra effort. Plan, even planning out. If you're like, well, I want to play this character and I want to have a familiar or I want to have a companion. Plan it out for the first, like, ten levels. And see where you want it to go and be like, all right, I know exactly what happens when we level. I know exactly what my animal companion or familiar gets. I know exactly what I want to do with them. And sometimes the big flashy animal's nice, but God, when that thing dies, it takes a toll on you. And if you're going to play a character who has an animal, even a pet, because there are rules for pets, uh, especially if you have like a trained guard dog, the rules are different between that and a house dog. If you have an animal as a companion, a pet, a mount, a creature, uh, an interpreter, whatever, for God's sake, read the rules and bookmark them because rules for an animal companion are different than a familiar, are different than a guard dog, are different than a fucking falcon. Or a pet of any other nature. Or a pet of any nature. Including and tamed animals. Keep in mind what your GM's plans are. If they go, this is going to be mostly old ruins and dungeon crawling. Don't try to go, well, my animal companion's going to be a squid because I'm a pirate. Yeah, your squid's going to have a real hard time walking around above land for extended periods of time in a dry or musty-ass yeah. ruin. Just, just keep in mind, you know, 
your adventure, you know, sure, if your uh, GM says it's going to be a maritime adventure, then for God's sake, if it's maritime, don't try to go, well, my animal companion, my mount is a caribou. Or a lava elemental. Or a lava elemental. Keep it, yeah, a lava elemental on a boat. That goes over great. Right? And on the ocean. That well, gives me a sense. Is it a steamship? Because then he's your best friend. Oh, yeah. Steamship, he's your best friend. But just saying, you know, keep in mind what the plans are that your GM has given away for what kind of campaign it's going to be. If it's going to be an overland ruin exploration, a monkey's a good choice. A dog is a good choice. A moose is not a good choice. Moose too big. Well, a moose can't fit through a 10 by 10 square. It's got too much antlers and height. They are fucking massive creatures. They are massive creatures, yes. Just saying, keep in mind, if you guys are playing in the desert, you might not want to take an animal that has, requires a lot of water. I've got a hippo that I ride. No, you don't. <laughs> or if you're in, a, like I say, a swamp or a place that rains all the time, don't take a chinchilla. No. It will kill them. It will kill them dead. They're mogwai. Yeah. So my final thoughts for this episode, read the rules, have fun with your animals, don't have too much fun with your animals, it's okay to love your pets, but it is not okay to love your pets. <laughs> Game Goblin, going back to my crypt. I would say, understand what you want out of your animal, be it a familiar, a companion, a pet, and how you're going to achieve that, both in the rules, RTFC, read the fucking rules, and thematically, like make it fit, make it make sense, and understand that there's extra bullshit going on that you have to contend with because you have an enemy. And with that, Kazakhan, back to this guys. The biggest thing I gotta say on this is, if you're playing a game and they have a like the Pathfinder the character sheet folio. I love that thing. It's got a whole thing where it has the short list of rules on the Animal Companion pages. If you are playing a game system that doesn't have something like that, photocopy or print off the rule pages and highlights and keep them with your character sheet, specifically with your uh, Animal Companion sheet. You will need the Animal Companion character sheet or familiar character sheet, whatever it is. But keep all that stuff in like a... They have those folders for 50 cents at most of the stores, you know, where it's got the three ring and all that. And it doesn't have to be fancy, but the more stuff you can keep together, the better. And I've seen now that they have the um, familiar cards where it, it's like a baseball card. It's got stats and stuff on the back and all that jazz. Pick those up. Those kind of things can help, especially if you plan on playing multiple characters with those. So highly recommended. Play more fucking games, people. Darth Blasphemous signing off. You know a dog's favorite pizza is pepperoni? <laughs>